Did anyone die? Did anyone get hurt from the coronavirus? This is Dante from New York, from being the operative word, because who the fuck wants to live in an overpriced apartment surrounded by normies, curfews in place, in a police state? I'm in a village by the sea, tuning in to TNG. to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. of man. Welcome to the Civilization Podcast. Here is your host, TNG. Back to where we was, really. And I can't even remember where we was now. <laughs> you, you were talking about germ theory. That was that seemed that I could have had an interesting direction. Ah, I know what I, I did want to bring up. I think it was, is it Notosphere on the JLB website? He posted a link to the DNA sequence of the coronavirus. At the end of the sequence, which was obviously a big load of random numbers, was 33 A's. And I thought that was uh, all rather interesting. Oh, of course, that 33 is coded on everything around this. Have you been following how it's been popping up in, in all the... Uh news articles like literally every state it's 33 dead 33 confirmed 33 and everywhere yeah like ips obviously <laughs> yeah it spotted spotted that one i don't know yeah it's also if you look into pretty much any any virus related movie as well and pops up all over the place and it also plays into jesus christ as well because again ips was one who says that jesus christ stands for 33 itself yeah when you link that back to some of these you know, movies like, was it Doomsday? What I've got them here. 12 Monkeys, obviously, is a big one. It's obviously the, the main character. That's the JC initial again. So there's your 33 again. But it, it's running through. And I would, I've just been doing some research into the game Dussex, which I remember playing years ago. This, the, the main character there is called JC Denton. Every time there's a virus involved, there's a JC. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So what's the implication of, or what's the association there between Jesus Christ and a virus or third? How do you read that? Well, what, what are we talking when we're talking about Jesus? He's the one who holds the crown, isn't he? He's the king of kings. Mm. <laughs> the king of kings. <laughs> so it's all symbolic again, isn't it? It's always symbology. Is it, a, is it a sacrifice symbology as well? Is that part of it? The thing is, a lot of this is 
it, it's how you interpret it, isn't it? It's subjective. So it's not, I, I, it's reading into it. I think this is what, when I'm looking into things like science and whatever, and I'm being really objective at the informate with the information that I'm looking at, it's so opposite when you're looking into like the synchromistic side and, and looking into that stuff, because then you, you can make of it subjectively whatever you want and you, you can come to all sorts of conclusions. And I think that's half of the mind program as well it makes me think of like the left left brain right brain concepts and split brain or whatever yeah that's interesting that's a good analogy isn't it again is is that one a hoax i mean we had id conspire poked his head in not long ago and then disappeared right he's the one who's saying that the consciousness like the subconscious is a hoax so there how can there be a subconscious there's, there's only the conscious you're only conscious and that's it there's nothing else <laughs> so Mm, well what about like like how would you explain hypnotism or subliminal programming or uh stuff like that well i think we better attack him when he comes oh okay i got you because it all just comes down to uh definitions at that point like you know what i mean there's there's some phenomena whatever you want to whatever label you want to put on it uh doesn't have to be a subconscious but that's it this also goes into what is it the reptilian brain as well isn't it is that a load of nonsense as well yeah have you applied your your you know scientific scrutiny to the to the germ theory? Has that been something you've looked at, TNG? The one thing I did look into was the definition of a virus. Was it Koch or Kosh or whatever you say? The the guy who first defined a virus. When you run any virus against these definitions, no no nothing has ever been that's been classified as a virus has ever met the conditions to be a virus. Nothing, not one thing, no matter, no matter what any, anybody says, nothing, nothing matches these definitions, which is really interesting, to be honest. So everybody's calling things a virus when, when they, they can't be defined as one. The other thing that interests me is, is uh, when it, so we have all these poxies as well, don't we? So chicken pox and I suppose mumps and measles and things like this also are not called pox, but that's really what they are. It's kind of like another part of the program where, you, where the, your mind is melded onto these poxies and things like this. And then they use the term virus, but it's not a virus. Chicken pox isn't a virus, it's a pox. <laughs> What's the difference? You can see the pox, can't you? You can't see a virus. Right, and people will use those as the prime example of something that is uh, demonstrably contagious. Yep, exactly. Um, so you're saying it's just another classification and it really shouldn't be thought of in the same same way? No, I don't. I, virus is purely, well, at this stage now, it's just a, it's a, it's a model, isn't it? That's all it is. It is a simulation. There's nothing else to it. Right. And you're, I know you're well-researched into vaccines. I'm assuming you've kind of looked down some of those areas too in terms of the background into who created them and for what purposes and the efficacy of them and all the reason you know do you have a pretty solid background there i looked into was it smallpox uh-huh. And uh, yeah, over the years, I've looked into so many loads of, the, of this stuff with the vaccines. And uh, there was actually, was it about two years ago now? There's a lady called Elizabeth something. I can't remember her name. She's the I've, I've got, she's actually one of my friends on Facebook, and she's the best vaccine researcher I've ever come across in my life. She's absolutely incredible. Actually, a flat earther to be honest, but she's absolutely amazing and does uh, presentations on vaccines. Who was that? TNG? I, I totally missed it. Sorry. And she Elizabeth. And I can't remember. I'm trying to think of her last name. Oh no, no worries. But what I'll do, I'll I'll link. I'll I'll put her stuff on my 
Sure. Well, when, when we've done this, I'll link it up. So I've got it on the server. In fact, I'll make a vaccine channel because I'm probably overdue doing that. And I'll stick some links to her work because she's absolutely, absolutely amazing. So, and that. So oh, have you followed uh, John Rappaport's work? He's an investigative journalist. The guy I've heard the name, but. Okay. So um, he's done a lot of, of work into like the medical hoax. And one of the, what I found really great about his whole, the way he breaks it all down is. You know, he looks at the, the tests themselves and, and how, how the tests are done and interpreted to determine if you if you have a virus, you know, if you're infected. And I guess infected is not the right word, whatever the word is. And what it's called the PCR method is what's most commonly used. Um, have, have you heard anything about this? Carry on. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not an expert on it, but from my understanding, it's essentially a method of separating. So they'll take a, a swab from like your nose, your mouth or whatever. So, so some material, and then they somehow like run it through some type of centrifuge to like separate the different properties, the different. To isolate, yeah, isolate. Uh, materials into different, and then, the, then they look at, you know, they use some type of high powered electron microscope or whatever, and they supposedly they're able to identify a particle and when they see that particle based upon i guess what it looks like they're able to say that that is a coronavirus right so and that's all to me it's just interpretation um because a lot of people will say that particle is actually something else you know that, that has a purpose and we can explain what that purpose is and we can show you so it's 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 very unscientific how they identify the particle and then when they see the particle they the second piece it's the most outrageous thing is that they then um, assume that the person's body is filled with a huge quantity of that particle, that the virus, and, and that that is what's causing uh, the sickness in the person. So they're they're taking giant logical leaps, all just to say that oh, you you have this virus. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and from what I understand is, if, whenever they try and identify if anybody else has this virus, and they do go through the same procedure, has anybody ever seen the same particle twice? Never. <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, as you say, there's there's no knowing what that what any particle is when they're looking at it or anything. You look into the microscopic world, and but have you ever have you ever done have you ever done that? Have you looked through it in a microscope? Oh, only in biology class in high school. I, I, so I, I um, very little had the opportunity to do this, looking at carbon black pigments. And when you're just looking at pigments through an electron microscope, the world you're looking at, just a piece of glass with some powder on it, and you're looking <laughs> looking into the old piece of plastic. We're looking at the dispersion of the pigments in in the plastic. It's like a whole new world down there, anyway. So it's all interpretation, then, right? Like. You, 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 <laughs> it is completely interpretation with things like pigments and things like this. They know what's there because they've they've put it there, haven't they? So that they've put the pigments in the polymer, so they know it's there. And then and then you basically they're just trying to gauge. They're basically looking for particle size, so looking looking for dispersion and things like this. But then, but when you're looking at a, a piece of organic material, what are you looking at? It, there could be absolutely anything and everything there. You know, it, it's it is yeah you can you can empirically prove that by looking through that lens you see something but what the hell that means is completely uh, subject to interpretation and based with a lot of um presuppositions and logical leaps built into it what are your thoughts true 44 on dna sequencing on on actual dna 
do you do you honestly believe that there is a code a mathematical code for every living organism on this plane <laughs> i haven't looked deep enough into understanding how they came to these conclusions so is like is there some type of empirical experiment that results in um you know tens of thousands of different reactions or something where they can actually sit you know what i mean is there, is there some trail of logic i guess i'm just not informed enough tng i'm highly skeptical when you look into or even scratch the surface of, of this subject, you end up going around in a circles, basically round and round and round. And, and what's interesting for me is, is the the blood testing, because that's one thing I have had a look into is blood testing and how they split up the blood groups and things like this. It seems very, it's highly dubious that the same, it's very similar type tests. And even the, so, you know, the, the DNA test that's done for when, you know, trying to find if somebody's child is, you know, the far, a parent is, is, a, is actually the parent of somebody's child. And it's so similar to the blood tests. It's, uh, you, you wouldn't get your, your at on. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like smokescreen science again, like everything else. So. Are you familiar with um, the terrain theory that, I think it was Beauchamp's, if I'm saying that correctly, um, uh, put forth or presented alongside uh, past year when there was kind of like this initial debate according to the storyline. Again, it rings a bell. But I think I've I've read so many things over the years. Do you know, I think I've forgotten. Oh, of course. More than I remember, to be honest. So Same here. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Especially when you realise that... that Again, I always say this: it doesn't matter which way you, which direction you take, which step you go, you'll find something. And yeah, I'd, you know, my bra- it constantly has to be reprocessed through your current lenses of of, of understanding. Exactly. I mean, my, my brain's been before all this lot kicked off. My brain, brain's been melting for a long time, looking into electric and things like this. So that's where I've been going. That's super fascinating. Yeah, and, and also some of the technologies that have, have been brought about since the 1800s, which uh, me and SG kind of touched on a little bit on the podcast. It's mind-melting, absolutely mind-melting. No matter, what, no matter what you look at, you know it's bullshit. You don't, don't even have to check anymore. We just know it is. Without even short, we don't even have to bother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I, I just, you know, it just what has happened? I, I just don't, I just, my mind just boggles more and more every day. It really does. It doesn't stop. So the, the Beauchamps and uh, Pasteur, like philosophical argument was around basically microbiology. And the Pasteur argument would be that there are things like bacteria and viruses. Mm. Um, and the Beauchamp's argument would be that it's more that it's the terrain of the body itself, that these particles are produced by the body to aid in the overall like immune system or functioning of the body. They're not foreign particles that are invading and causing disease. They're actually part of the healing process. And it reminds me very much of like the Tesla and uh, Edison style like controversies or philosophical like divides. So I'm just highly skeptical of storylines in general, obviously. But there do seem to be these crossroads of, of understanding of science and nature where, you know, they decide to go in a certain direction, often a paradigm that will forever lead them like in the wrong direction, you know. For sure. That's chemistry 101 down to a T, that is. That's certainly what's happened is, is they've just gone totally, totally off on a tangent and based everything on, on, on a few theories and not look back. Alchemistry, as they say. Well, yeah, exactly. Al- alchemy is the key, isn't it? 
to chemistry. The same thing. Same but, thing. Uh, same, same as the kids. Say. Right. Um, but it should have been, but it, yeah. Don't want to. We don't want to go down that path. I don't. Let's think go down today. that path. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm reluctant to talk about this. Let's talk about this. Well, I thought it was going to. I, I thought it was doing the coronavirus. To be honest, but we've gone mud fossil Antarctica. What was it? Godzilla's <laughs> ass or whatever it was that's down there. So <laughs> gone right around the reeking. I went to the. I had to go to like the. In America, we have most cities. I think have they have an emergency room at the hospital. And then they have other kind of like sub-emergency rooms called like urgent care, prompt care, something like that. They're open 24 hours a day, much like the emergency room, but not quite as staffed or, you know, as, as prepared to handle certain things as the emergency room. And I had to go to two of them yesterday because uh, one didn't accept the insurance. But it was shocking there because no one, there was no one in there. I mean, for all the coronavirus talk, for the, all the illness, the flu season and everything else, literally the first one we went to, there were no other customers there. Uh, and then the second one we went to, there was one person there in front of us. So, but they sure treated it as if it was like the quarantine scene from ET. Like we had to go answer this questionnaire at the at, at the entrance by some by a person wearing a mask, you know. And then they had to take our temperature. Wait, so, so you're fully locked down, OS? Oh, that's crazy. No, 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 no. We're not locked down, but just the uh, I'm not sure what I said that would give that impression. Oh, because I, my state is. I thought it was the next step before being locked down. And I got in and out of the stores without any problem. Oh, I'm not talking about this. I'm just talking about like a health facility. Because there's supposed to be so many sick people or whatever, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said a pharmacy, a health facility. Got it. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but there was, so there's so many sick people. But I did go to the pharmacy today, actually. There was only one person there ahead of me, too. But oh, they yeah. made me, they called me to tell me the order's ready. I go there. I can't go in. They have a sign saying I need to call them and they'll bring it out to me. So. But there was only one other car there, and there was no one in the in these urgent, you know, if you have some kind of like uh, difficulty breathing, you know, serious problem at night or something like that, you would go to one of these urgent care places, you know, if you thought it was really serious. And there's no one in any of them yesterday. So what's the difference, OS, between you going in to take the medicine and them coming out to give it you? In what world would you not give them the virus if you coughed in their face, inside or outside? I, I don't know, especially because I, I'm completely nude when I drive in my car. <laughs> so you'd think that, like, the, 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 the chances for spreading the illness would be even higher. It's just like this stupid thing where they're going to – I think I wrote about this yesterday, but to revisit it, they, here in Florida, their schools, they've announced some date when the schools are going to open again. And uh, let's just say it's like April 15th or something. It's some completely arbitrary day. But in the meantime, they're trying to like disinfect the schools and all this nonsense. But it's like if the kids have the stuff, what the po what's the point of disinfecting it anyway? If they're just going to come back and spread it anyway, you know what I mean? It's, it's so stupid. It's all so stupid. But if the thing dies, if the disease, if, let's say, the, the, what are they, how long do they say it die, uh, takes to die? Two weeks? So why do you even need to disinfect it in the first place? Just wait two weeks or 15 days, and then it'll be fine. It's so problematic that how you can easily see that they don't even believe their own nonsense. I mean, I'm sure they believe it in, in their own robotic way, but, but they're, what they put out doesn't jive with what they practice either. It's just r ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There's contradictions everywhere. It's just stupid. And during the day, here here in Florida, during the day, the restaurants can be open. You can go in and eat. But at night, mm -mm, lot, that shit is turned off. You can only get takeout. So, like, I don't know what the difference between eating in the day is, but 
Wait, wait, hold on. You you can actually go out eat during the day, but not you can like eat in the restaurant, but not at night. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm not sure if this is a uh, statewide thing, but several places I've been to have this in in practice. So yeah, have this. In- That's crazy. Every everything here is like you got to grab your food and get the fuck out. But <laughs> but you're still allowed to go in to get it. Yeah, yeah, right. You still have to touch the doorknob. Whoa, shit, spooky. I put my mouth on the doorknob. Dude, you're 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 part of the Corona challenge on Twitter. Oh, I don't even know about this. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of crowd licking doorknobs and other weird objects, but you know. I didn't say anything else. I only said doorknobs, bro. <laughs> oh, dear. not licking other objects yet. Poles, man, poles. People lick poles. Oh, Jesus. People lick poles. Do they? <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many poles I've grabbed onto in my life. <laughs> oh, dear. The lady was like, she looked at us skeptically yesterday, too. The most skepticism I've ever seen practiced by a human was when uh, she asked if we had any coughing, uh, what was it, coughing, fever, or difficulty breathing. And I'm like, no. And then she kind of gives me like the lifted eyebrow, you know, like, mm, you sure about that, buddy? Yes, I'm positive. Like, mm-hmm. Lift your <laughs> sack and cough, please. <laughs> uh, gosh, it was ridiculous. Did you see what I posted earlier about ordering take it? Well, ordering delivery food. Yeah, uh-huh. the bloody, they said that, that if we wanted to pay cash, we've got to put it in an envelope. Oh, can you? F- yeah. Can you yeah, fucking that. believe that? Is it what? <laughs> Do you have to lick the envelope? Like lick the envelope to seal it. <laughs> well, if I'm going to get put the coronavirus on the on my cash from my fingers, I'm going to put it on the bloody envelope from my fingers as well, aren't I? Oh. I'll wipe some shit on there as well because I ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. I went to the grocery store yesterday. There was the toilet paper aisle was there's it's not like a whole aisle, but, you know, the the section where the toilet paper is was like, I mean, it was wasteland. But there were a couple like packages of toilet paper left because when I got I went to the store, my wife sends me a text that says we also need toilet paper. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like battling it out in there. But the lady in the checkout line told me that it had just come at like two o'clock. I was in there at 240, let's say. And she said it just come at two o'clock, but she'd said that the people had lined up, had been lined up waiting to get into the grocery store when it opened, when she got there in the morning, believing that the delivery truck would be there at the same time that the store opens for the toilet paper. Fools. Yeah, yeah. Not for anything else, for the toilet paper. There's just, there's so many like hypochondriacs in our society that literally think that they're constantly sick, that they're constantly like suffering from every type of thing. So as soon as they start hearing this, they're, they're already freaking out. I mean, I've experienced that in my personal life. My brother's wife literally hoarding, hoarding toilet paper, having her friends drive over uh, from across the state to, to drop off additional. I'm just like, I, I just don't even understand it. Are you serious? They cross state lines? You might work. <laughs> not not across state lines, sorry, like within the state, but just like cross towns, I should say. Well, what cl- just good, just ridiculous either way. Oh, they're they're shipping in. Like, do they have like blankets over it? Like, uh, they're smuggling Jews out of Berlin in 1939. You know, <laughs> cover. They got potato sacks covering the Charmin. They, they get up, roll up to checkpoint Charlie. Nothing. Everybody had cool. Are you having suffering the social distancing markings? 
in in any of your shops and stores yet is that is that happening to you uh for me yeah definitely that's actually an interesting aspect of this whole thing you know there's like i feel like they're just they're there's so much data mining happening right now, you know, or so many social engineering programs being deployed. But this whole social distancing thing is, is an interesting one for sure. Um, I think it was was Miles Mathis that was saying that, that this is part of the like div- division of people and, and further like um, basically making people unhappy due to loneliness, getting them more addicted to medications and so forth and just ruining that human to human bond um, as part of the you know, breaking down of the individual and making them kneel to authority. But yeah, for me, it's been weird being isolated like this and having your friends not know if it's a good idea to come hang out. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> I don't know if we should come over, bro. I think, are they managing it in the <laughs> okay. in the stores? Or at least what I've seen from the ones over here in the UK is I, I can't. So it's kind of, it's kind of a divide. So you'll have like the, the cashiers. So those taking the money will have like that, you know, they might have like a, an area that's like say three feet. So you're, you're having to stand three feet away, which is three feet less than the actual distance you're supposed to be away anyway. And then you've got the queue backing up around with no markings on the floor and everybody's jam packed together because they're in a big bloody long queue. So it's kind of opposing, yeah, opposing instances. Of, of what's going on so yeah you know you, you can't you can't stand there you've got to be that far away but then the the crowd are actually herded to be close together anyway so it just just makes no sense but then there's other stores as well where you'll go down the aisle and they've got the they've got like the six feet mark out so when somebody's in, in that one in front of you, they've got to wait until they've gone to the next one for you to move into that one. So it's like one extreme to the other from different stores. But again, it all breaks down when you if you go to a doctor's surgery or if you go to a dentist or anywhere like that. Most of the places, you're still going to be sitting in a waiting area <laughs> where all the chairs are all sitting side by side anyway. It just makes no sense. It really doesn't. And I, I totally agree with you, True34, that, that it is just brainwashing again, without doubt. I, I feel like another part of the social distancing is, say, some young person works at, I don't know, gas station or something. That person is afraid to go home because, you know, their older parent might contract the virus that way. So you got to be, you know, extra careful out there. Yeah, that is definitely an aspect, isn't it? I mean, that that's pretty much a bad one, isn't it? Telling them you can't go, you can't go and see your grandparents or whoever. Dude, one of the one of the worst ones was like my close friend of mine. His mom thinks she has the virus; she might die. And what what are they going to do? How are they going to live without her? It's like holy shit! They took that to the extreme. Total mind fuckery, mate. Totally. Well, I was going to say it's interesting. So they have a captive audience now, you know. They have the whole world as their captive audience. So I, I tune everything out. I can only imagine there's the, the, the constant political narrative just drowning everything out. And that's probably what they're subjecting everyone to. Other stuff I've noticed is like on Netflix, obviously all the trending stuff is all virus propaganda shows and movies and complete fear porn propaganda. But have you guys seen it? Have you picked up on any trends or what any any thoughts on how they're using this time to brainwash us even further? Well, I mean, you just pointed out a good trend that, you know, they put the virus out and then everything you're going to watch on, the, uh, I guess, your TV shows and stuff are all related to viruses now. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that all the sports aren't playing right now to me is like that in of itself is the society will do anything to prevent that from continuing to stop that. From I mean, another trend, I guess, is all the celebrities and you know, sports players that are like, oh, my God, you know, they got tested positive. What are we going to do? That kind of stuff. How, how absolutely classic was it that it was Tom Hanks who, who was the first the first celebrity to come out or whatever to get tested? Positive? Right. And then... um. Shadow Tiger, I know he's on mute, he, he threw in a photo on JLB server of, like, some tweet he put out, and he was like, yeah, you know, finished writing on, like, 200 words on my, 201 words on my typewriter. It's like, what are the odds he would say that when the, the, the simulation was called Event 201? It's on member-created content if you want to look at it right now. That shit was crazy. Wow. His typewriter was the Corona typewriter, a photo. And then what was it? Madonna. Madonna, wasn't it, as well? Who had the Corona typewriter. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? How, how did they get away with it? Well, asking the wrong question, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> with this thing with the social distancing, though, I mean, on the news, the Prime Minister's doing his speech once a, once a night. So every, every evening he's doing his speech and putting his next bunch of draconian measures in every night. And he usually has a couple of experts with him or one of the cabinet ministers or whoever. So they're always asking the questions. And one of the questions that were thrown at after they'd put the draconian measures in, one of the questions thrown at them by the press was, so now the children are off school because this was their last day at school for the whole of the UK to die. What they're going to do with themselves? And they says, well, we still want the children to exercise so they can go to the park and they they can buddy up with another with another child so they can go with a friend and meet a friend at the park but they must stay within the distance that we, we're telling you that you have to stay so that the six feet yeah you must play but you must play at a distance and and then stay away from remember everybody else and then come back but we don't recommend that children go in the park on their own <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Logical ends of all this stuff. Uh, I think a lot of, you know, there's obviously the coordinated part of these things. But I think in a lot of other elements, they kind of get trapped in their own nonsense. And then then all of a sudden they have like all this pushback, not pushback really, but like obvious like, because people say, well, what about this naturally? You know, they say, well, what about what do you mean? You can take a kid. Well, yeah, but then you have to do the social distancing. So like they only, it doesn't, none of it makes any sense, but they follow their own logic down its own logical, to its own logical ends. And then they act like it's fine, you know, but they don't see the inherent stupidity in it. I talked to a guy who designed attractions at Disney one time, and he told me that, like, he designs, like, the, uh, I forget what, it, what his role is exactly, but he's, like, he designs the, what happens in, like, the, the waiting room, the waiting lines and stuff. And he says that I was telling him about some new service that they had implemented that he knew about, clearly, but it's where you can, like, buy a gift at the, during the time at the park, you buy some nonsense. And instead of carrying around at the park with you, you can just have it they have a, a shop set up now by the exit where you take your number at the end and then there's your item you know so you don't have to carry it around with. but clearly they've ignored the bottleneck that would naturally occur at the end of at park closing when there's a throng of people waiting to get their item and they're not even set up to handle that because and, and as he says it's because they deliberately overlook the bottleneck when it comes up they ignore it and uh Occur, and then once they occur, they're like, you know, they obviously occur. And then anyone who, who brings it up is going to be kind of shot down. That's why they, they naturally believe that, like, they just can't see past the idea that the people waiting in line a certain amount of feet from each other in the grocery store is not going to cause a big backup of the herd behind it. So once they find, like, a problem uh, that they can't 
create a solution for while staying within their own logical boundaries. They just ignore it. They just pretend it doesn't exist. So it's easy for them to get sucked into all these, into the problems of their own making. I mean, some of it does definitely have like longer, um, longer eyed designs to it, but some of it doesn't, you know, some of it's just their own incompetence. They're not omnipotent at all. Yeah. I mean, when you have the appeal to authority and the appeal to a consensus in your back pocket, you don't have to, you don't have to follow that logic trail more than three steps, you know, but there's no reason to think that they don't suffer from the same faults of appeal to it, you know, of belief in authority and, and that kind of, and appeal to logic too, you know? Yeah. No, right. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, um, shifting gears a little bit, but going back to the social isolation, um, this would be the perfect time or the perfect precursor to introduce a more, you know, VR centric life or or day to day life or something, whether that be through work from home, uh, school from home, do everything from friggin' home. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have you know, everybody with their little Oculus Rift already at their doorstep. What is all this work from home that can even be done in the first place? Like, how? where did all the infrastructure to do work from home come from? When did it occur? You know, I mean, who who is um, doing it who wasn't already prepared to do it in the first place? You know what I mean? Did they, did they send out an email? Everybody log on to Zoom. You know, we're going to work from home from now on. This is called Zoom. You know, this you download this and use it. Maybe they did. But... But, you know, they have to have, but this was a place that's already probably set up to do that in the first place. You know what I mean? When, when did they establish the plan to do it? And, and who's troubleshooting all their problems that naturally occur from these things? When the, in, when the utterly incompetent, you know, IT guy already doesn't even know how, why like the legacy computer that some monkey that they work with is using won't, won't connect to the Zoom conference call when he can't figure it out. And he's got another million problems to figure out too. Where, you know... That's so where you say is that you, you would have expected there to be like just just from like a bandwidth perspective or, or, or something or there'd be a lot more cascading technical problems that you would have suspected. So therefore, perhaps they prepared for it or it, it's just a mystery. Well, I'm saying they would have had to. I'm saying it probably doesn't exist. I'm saying that the people I'm saying people who already had the capacity to work from home, you know, like they've done it before or sometimes they remotely work in general, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They probably are doing these things. But by and large, other people whose companies never were set up for these things in the first place, it's not just a matter of necessarily of, of downloading, you know, some third party app and then getting, I mean, just doing, just getting everybody to successfully download an app. Do you know how difficult that is? Like, I, you know what I mean? Without, without them having any questions at all about how to do it or I, you know, oh, of course that, that's a nightmare. That's not the simplest thing. That's hardly a simple thing. Right. So then you get all these guys and there's no reason to think that a bunch of PhDs can do it any better than a bunch of, you know, blue collar people. Everybody struggles with new technology, you know, so then it, when it won't, you know, when who's when they don't have their setting necessarily correctly um, adjusted, you know, for maybe they have their mic off. So I mean, look how many problems people have with Discord, which can be pretty simple. But somehow now all this work that is deemed important or necessary is still able to go on quickly, almost overnight with with people who I'm talking about the people who had no propensity for it before, you know, where they all issued iPads or something to work from home. I don't I don't know. Where did they get all the you know, e either they already had the laptops issued by the company, or they didn't. And if they didn't, what are they using? Where do they get them? Who's answering all those questions for them in their company? And so I, I don't know. Well, I'll say from my perspective, a lot of these, you know, the bigger companies already have, uh, to your, you already said this, but they already have all this established at scale. So, right. And it's kind of part of their long-term strategy anyways. Because um, I think that, and I think the big companies probably get that from higher on up as well. Like 
whether it be Agenda 21 or what, you know, whatever, <laughs> whoever's sending the marching orders, it does all kind of um, fall in line with atomizing people and, and kind of removing them from workplaces and whatever. But uh, but the other side of the page is, you know, JLB likes to say this too, is that how, how productive are these jobs to begin with if, if you can actually... Exactly. So it's... Continue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they're doing one hour productivity, then the net loss is not too substantial. Right. What were they doing in the, anyway? <laughs> what are they even... Right. I, I don't know. I don't quite know. But certain certain gun companies, that, like you said, are, are already well, well, and universities, places like this, are well set up to do these things to begin with and have staff that are well familiar with, with accomplishing it. But go outside those boundaries and the people are as lost as anything. So you'd have to imagine that these these, these apps and stuff are having a tremendous, uh, it, like you said, bandwidth experience, an enormous increase in traffic and usage. They've got to be hiring tons of, of uh, technical support right now. You'd think they'd have to be. Yeah, you'd have to be. Surely even the most basic jobs, so customer service and admin clerks, even people taking orders down and how the hell would they, they wouldn't be doing that at home because they, they would want to be monitored properly and guided by a manager anyway, wouldn't they? It's, it's only obviously a certain level of person that's going to be able to work from home. Don't don't you think, am I, am I not picking this up right or no, you're you're absolutely right. There's only a certain level, and if they're of this management class, management who are they? The people they're managing, their job is to manage people who work there, or manage the information that the people who work there get, or whatever. They're managing something, but if the people who they're above aren't doing anything because they aren't working because they can't work from home or whatever, then what's their what are they doing anyway? What are they even doing? I think the digital the digital economy can run a completely work from home model and still be fine. I think. Even the lower level workers, I'm seeing it today where there's just just over the top amount of meetings and check-ins and over communications. And I think this is the trend, I think. It, of course it is. But what I'm saying is it's getting rid of, it's going to get rid of all the detritus at the bottom. You know what I mean? All the, all the extra, it's going to become apparent if they, if they examine it, what's necessary. Right. Well, everything is going to be digitized and there's going to be a metric and a key performance indicator for every activity throughout the day that you partake in on your friggin' console that everything gets logged into. So so essentially what we're saying is probably ninety percent of, of any of the employees of nearly every large company are gonna be put out to grass or pasture and be on this universal income and then the the other ten percent are also gonna be on the universal income but they'll also have the extra cash coming in because they're still servicing from home a digital company. Yeah it's a tremendous amount of the management class is completely unnecessary. And especially if there's the work workforce decreases. I don't know if it's 90%, but it's a considerable amount of jobs are unnecessary and dependent on the existence of the job below them to justify their own existence. So if the job below them goes away. Uh, I'm interested, OS. I'm very interested. If you will give me a prediction, what do you think is going to be happening in, say, six months' time? Could you see this all blown over? Or do you think, have you got some thoughts on where it's going to be? I, I didn't expect it to be where it is. None of us did, did we? But now you've seen where it is. What about you, True34? What do you think? Where do you think it's going to go? So what we were saying, maybe off air, we were talking about how there's kind of maybe two ways you could look at this. One would be the, the Boston bombing uh, analogy, where in that instance, they carved out this, you know, one city or one larger city radius to completely shut down. Um, and they were able to 
you know, run a, run a bunch of different models and so forth, simulations, get the data, data mine that whole entire operation. And it's like this COVID is the next stage of that. It's it's this, the drill, I think Bezzi had said this, you know, the whole world is the drill now or whatever. Um, and I never thought it would get this far either. Um, and I think the other train of thought, TNG, was that, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what you think about uh, the solar minimum and how that influences um, the timing of this. But if this isn't just a drill, if they are going to take things further, um, how much further do they take them? Is this part of some, some larger um, cycle? So my my, um, my prediction is that uh, this was more or less a way to reset the economy and drive, you know, further authoritarian government, you know, draconian laws. And I think they were able to accomplish a lot of that. So don't really see additional benefit to letting it extend unless there's you know, factors outside of their control at play. So I think I think return to normalcy, hopefully by uh, by like mid mid to late May or something like that. But, but when you say normalcy, you just mean maybe back to work and the general movement. Yeah, I don't think there's ever going to be, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever go back to the, the old normal. The new normal remains to be seen, but uh, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm going to say if the, if the if there's any truth to what they're saying is going on in China now, so they're putting up billboards and whatever, show, shouting out victory against the coronavirus and that they've, oh. you know, they've done the, they've done the job and wiped it all, wiped it away. But what they haven't wiped away is any of the legislation and and procedures that have been put in place for them exactly and it's not going to go away ever that's just like the the boston bombing that's that perfectly that paints the analogy even more perfectly because at the end of that thing people were walking down the streets draped in american flags and and just just parading that they had won you know so it's all part of the it's all part of the psyop i think to me though i think it- if you know that they're, they're clearly whatever the end the end is to this and when it when it ends and maybe gets back to some kind of normalcy if it if it does you mentioned the, the technocratic yep. era didn't you before and I, and I think this ties in to this solar minimum and also timing of you know the movement of the heavens and everything else we've come out the industrial age we're, we're hovering in between now and then we'll be going into the new technological age, whatever whatever that's going to be officially called. So that's how I how I see it, and what the end game. You know, the end game is Brave New World from Huxley's book. That is that is the the end game, but with with a silicon chip twist on it, because obviously none of that was much known when uh, Huxley wrote that book. So, so would you say this is this is the turning point, or is this? just one milestone along the way i i can't see that again it's how you interpret the you know where where's the start where's the end it's like okay so so if the solar minimum is a thing and it and again going back to the alignments and all this kind of thing if that's like their marker like this is where they're they're drawing the line in the sand and saying like, this is where the, the technocratic age is we're now in it yeah, so we've drawn the line. We're now in it. This is where it is. But you look back over the last 300 years, what have we had? And I know that <laughs> Salzburg girls are probably going to laugh at this, but they've had they've had progress, haven't they? So they've had progress. It's never stopped. It's always been changed for that last 300 or so years that have gone by that we can see and probably isn't so much bullshit 
as was what we were told went on before, but who knows? If you see what I'm saying, within that 300-year period, there was change, wasn't there? So going forward now, it's still going to keep changing and, and they're still going to keep tightening the bloody voice on us, aren't they? Whatever. I, I don't think that they have a, uh, there is an end. I don't. I think it's always a spot along the road. I don't think there's necessarily an end that's really, really far off. I think they just have the achievable goal or goals they consider achievable. They get to that goal. They have the next one lined up, you know what I mean? And then they move into the next one. Don't you think that everything, I was just going to say that kind of goes against the common statement that like these people think in, you know, centuries, not in decades or whatever. Like you don't really buy that. Okay. Hey, they still may, they still may, but they, but they, um, but they're, but they understand like you. Yeah. And it's dynamic in certain ways. You know, you have to build the house from the ground up or, you know, like let's get, let's get out. Sure. You can't. Yeah. I mean, there's a process to it and each place along I don't, I don't know when the ha- when a house for example reaches a turning point from being like whatever to something to to the house you know what i mean like there's a time when it's finished but if the house you know if you're having a family then the house is kind of never finished is it you kind of keep adding to it yeah yeah sort of arbitrary you know what i mean so i think they have that that kind of but they have an idea and a scope and they have they're real into quantifiable you know nonsense as far as the solar minimum and stuff though you wonder if the heavens like if that's what guides them or if, or you know what I mean, if, if they pe- if they peg their things by that, or if the heavens control those people, you know, like if those are, if they're just the vehicles for the, for the, for the mind of the heaven, or maybe that's just what I wonder. But it's not. I don't necessarily wonder if uh, know that it's like these uh, guys in the high tower, you know, wearing the plague masks with their you know candles and compasses, like trying to plot out like on Enochian tables exactly what what to do when, or whether, or if they are, maybe they're you know guided possessed by larger forces than than what they are right that makes sense well it's just it's just one way of, of looking at it. I, it things so much is not in human control you know in, in the individual's control in life that all the way up the fractal there's no reason to necessarily believe that everything there is in human control either you know what i mean like we're not in control of when the sun rises and sets. those kinds of things i mean you know the natural world so um so they're you know larger forces are always at work Right. And that's kind of the argument, too, is that those that understand how to leverage or utilize those natural forces at a certain point, it's their intention and them as an individual acting. But then at another point, where where does that coincide with the greater cosmos or whatever controlling energies taking their part in that? So it's like almost maybe symbiotic in some way. Who knows? Oh, there you go. There's a good word. Maybe the larger they get up, the maybe the closer they get up there, the, the more possessed of it they become. They don't possess it. You know, it possesses them. They become assimilated. And not always, you know, or, or parasi- uh, parasitized. Who knows? But it would seem that from their own words, they don't seem like the happiest people in the world. So they certainly don't have the keys to happiness. If they, they don't have any, you know, any way of just breaking down how to do that, they have to do all these, uh, you know, centuries worth of machinations to, to and, and qualifiable um, uh, self uh, studies, uh, what is it called? Self-reporting studies to find out, are you happy? Uh, one to 10, are you happy today? You know, all this kind of nonsense. So it's like they got no idea what they're really looking for, but they can measure like the they can measure the process of the house build. So I think that's that is, you know, what they do. And the technocratic thing, like, I don't know about six months time from now, but, you know, 10 years from now, it, it, you know, it's going to be completely different from what we thought before. Uh, offices and stuff like that are going to be things of the past. You know, they'll still be like a, this uh, Credit Suisse will still have a massive headquarters, but they won't have a, branches are going to cease to be, you know, in every, in every town manned by all these people. It just, it's just unnecessary. And it's a hard thing to tell everybody that their job isn't necessary anymore. 
you know, so they can sometimes it's uh, sometimes I guess it takes like a big theater, big theatrical production to, to get them to leave work without shooting the place up. That's a really good point. And I'll um, kind of uh, update my prediction or not update it, but ca- caveat being I think this is uncharted territory, so I won't be surprised whatsoever if anything happens. And I'm my May end of May prediction is entirely coming from a wishful thinking perspective because I, I want this shit over with. So. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that feeling you're kind of at the in, at the hamlet at the foot of the hill watching the snowball gather momentum, you know, yeah. as it's coming down. Maybe that's why they want you to stay inside. Don't look at the mountain. Don't look at the snowball. <laughs> it's interesting you say that about looking, OS. As I, I actually feel like an observer rather than how, how do you feel? And I mean, even, even after having to go to the supermarket and things like this and find there's no food there and obviously it is affecting us and will it will affect us at a personal level but i still feel more of a an observer to what's going on rather than you know do you see what i'm saying that's i think it's good yeah there's a there's a there's a um a detachment in effect the spell has been broken and i think that's probably a healthy a healthy place to be as insofar as it can be healthy to be t- detached from society i think that detached position is is a, is a sound one no matter though it can have a kind of a tragic feel to it you know it's better than being better than being up in arms well like your hair's on fire and it's better than being a believer in the nonsense so but yeah i, I have a, definitely the detached observer kind of feeling too it's quite strange really because even though shall be knows knows he's got the, the boots coming on the ground sunday which is sunday for him he, he knows they're going to well i'm pretty sure in the uk they're going to be here within within the week i've already seen rumblings and heard rumblings from different people in the military and whatever that they've been given the call to arms anyway so we know it's coming but i still even though i know feel that there could be so much strife and trouble on the way because of that just one simple thing and and then obviously we've mentioned the food sources the food supply and all this kind of thing as well i still feel like a an observative i don't feel even though i know you know i've got family i've got a family i've got i've got children and everything and but even in that in that respect i still feel like i'm observing it it's almost like i've took a, a step back and suddenly feel like that maybe this was all i was here to do anyway is just be here at this time and see and see what was going on it's it's kind of crazy thoughts. Maybe it's a symptom of coronavirus. Mate, it could be, couldn't it? Mm. I, I read something on Facebook about how they're going to have UN troops on the streets, and uh, what, what was my post that I made up? I live about from a fireman who was in one of the towers. They snuck out a message. No, never mind. I was trying to call back to that fake post I made about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God, maybe it's going to come true. Who knows? Oh yeah. I got some stick for posting that post in, in uh, Nopal, I did, I tell you. And <laughs> put it on Twitter as well. Did you? You had posted it on Twitter, hadn't you? Oh, I, what? Uh, 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 yeah, somebody, yeah, uh, yeah. I might have retweeted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been trying to spread the word, you know, so. <laughs> so there's, not enough, there's not enough shit programming going on out there. Stick well, yeah, it kind of <laughs> derails it, you know, but, uh, I think. You gotta bite back a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Give me old, you know. I like the guy who's like, uh, some guys go to the gallows, you know, and they're all like with the cigarette stoic type, you know, whatever. I prefer the guy who's like, yeah, fuck you. Let's just get this shit over with, you know. So that's that's my method, my preference. So I say going back to this uh, age thing and this 
solar minimum type thing. Nothing, I keep thinking that. So if we have like a like this three, maybe even four hundred year period of almost stability, and then obviously there's a change, and this is what we're calling an age. There's this kind of change, and obviously we don't know can't prove disprove whether whether that's the case anyway because we can go back in history and we can't go back more than two three hundred years anyway in the records so but what sticks out like a sore thumb is the introduction of the the microchip in the 1900s and obviously the being in the 1900s and we're only what 2020 now so you know within the last within the the last hundred years of what we're calling or what I'm calling an age is the introduction of the the one thing that makes all the difference and takes us in, you know, takes it into the, the technological age. The concepts of it are crazy. And it makes me think of what could possibly be introduced once you're you're over into the next age. What 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 happens next? What happens for the next few generations? What are they gonna cop? Oh, I don't know what they're gonna cop. But the the things will be like the technology developed is moving and has moved away from even away from like the the uh gosh what's the hard the hard microprocessor into like the uh into like the photographic you know the image like the lithographic um, the holographic (laughs) and and holographic too yeah so that it'll all be you know even the computer the computer program and software can be virtualized now but soon enough the the device needed to run the the virtualized software can be virtualized itself. Too. What's the interface at that point? So transhumanist, like inside, like a, mm, your eyes? Post-humanism. I think your eyes are always the gateway, right, to the soul. But I think it'll be, I don't necessarily know that you need like a reader, like Oculus Rift. If they can, if, if a retinal pattern can be determined um, or, or established, then you can kind of, you know, like in the way that your computer has settings and uh, each person's settings just through the, tiniest bit of messing with them that we all do is different you know we, we've had some different effect on, on our computer settings which means that the the images we see on the computer for example have some amount at least of tailoring specific through the filters and lenses by which we've customized it sure to, you know what i mean or or just the default ones that already come out so knowing that you remember those posts that would be like some people see red shoes. Some people yeah. see blue shoes. What do you see? You know what I'm talking about? The red dress or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. So if you can get a, um, a lock on how, how the, like the visual cortex works, and then you can kind of just holographically project it specifically to that, to that person. You know, and it might be based on you could maybe do uh, an implant chip or something like that if you wanted to or, or whatever. You could do something like that, I guess. But I don't think it's necessarily necessary. Yeah. I think you can have it just projected, um, kind of like that voice to skull stuff, you know, where it, it's kind of work, working as you go by it. It'll be something like that as well. Like, um, so it'll be like augmented reality or just a, a waking matrix. Yeah, yeah, that's a much better word for it. Sort of. Yeah, I, 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 I think I would, I would suspect that that's where it's going to be going, and we'll still probably have devices and stuff, um, but. That's where the Metascript is pointing towards, I think, is the whole transhumanist concept. Ultimately, the, you know, the uploading your consciousness idea. And the Metascript will also say that the introduction of technology, or my, my interpretation of the Metascript is that the introduction of technology is essentially part of, the, of that um, transhumanist plan. And, I think it's like post-humanism, really. Because it's not transcending human, it's, it's kind of 
it's kind of um, leaving it behind. It's kind of leaving it behind and going to the next thing. Yeah, that's a because, better word. Like the, the idea of uploading your consciousness is really almost a reverse of what's going on. What we really do is we download our consciousness from all the media and from all the nonsense, from all the stimuli, that which we are, not just us as who we are, like uh, as a core being from God unique in the universe, but all the other stuff is, is what we really download. So to the extent that it, it comes to us um, and can be cataloged in that way, your consciousness or whatever we could call that, that beyond like the actual natural human consciousness is, is already uploaded, quote unquote. Hey, uh, you know, it's, it's already there. This, it's just parsed out differently. Yeah, that's, this is mind-blowing. Um, TNG, I wanted to ask you, in your research into electricity, have you found crossover into um, realms like consciousness or spirituality or, uh, you know, de- demonic influences <laughs> and so forth and how that intertwines with, you know, electricity? <laughs> Did you listen to the Matrix call at johnlebon.com? Have you listened to them? Uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't listened to that one yet. I need to listen to that. I, I, I'm not going to answer that question, and you can you can listen to that, and you'll get. It. Okay, I yeah. look forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was during my one of my you know my absence, and I just must have missed it somehow. But I will. Well, did you did you go to that book? The, what is it, like the demon electricity or whatever? You know, you know what I'm talking about that book, uh, the demon of electricity or something like that. Can't. But I won't. If you if you don't want to go into it here, that's fine. Didn't know if you remember what the book's called. <laughs> what you're on about the Baudrillard's book? Is that you're on about that one? Oh, yeah. Because that that was a simulation one, wasn't it? No. So no. simulacrum simulation. Yes. No, 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 no. No. When it was on the Matrix call, I was I let out the the cat on the out the bag, didn't I? I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't even listen to it either. No. Because where I was going with that too was like, what is it? The keys of Enoch or something, or the Enochian symbols, or similar to like the electrical glyphs and stuff like that like i just have a very cursory identical, kind of identical to them. look into yeah. all that stuff like circuit boards look just like the enochian so that's angelic the, language the swastika yeah the swastika is built out of thor's hammer and thor's hammer represents what os million things i don't know what do you mean like the cross the anvil the like saturn or thor summons electricity doesn't oh it? i see what you mean yeah yeah he's the master of electricity god of thunder right so, right that is it. The God of Thunder, and, yeah. And, and exactly. who built the hammer, you know, was these uh, these fucking trolls, like these gnomes, you know, these clockwork gnomes. <laughs> True. And he traded it for treasure that he really fucked them on the deal, and then they get all pissed. It's the same thing as in Wagner's ring cycle. It's all it's all very interesting. So TNG, would you say it, it, we don't have to go down, continue down this path if if we want to, you know, change direction? But would you say that um, goal? The, or the end goal of the introduction of the, of the technology was, was, was basically to, uh, let me rephrase that. Would you say a parasitic force has basically influenced mankind and, and is using us to hope, you know, to interact with that realm, I guess? Again, mate, we're going back to the subject. The thing I can say is, that, and again, I, I don't know what you guys are, are how much, I'm, I'm sure Aris knows about my encounters that I've had over the, over the, the last, well, the last year, the last one was in 2018 and then the others that I have 20s and that. But so again, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to them, my podcasts on the JLB site, True 34, maybe have a look, listen to them as well. Okay. So this all plays, it all plays hand in hand to this stuff, but it's still really subjective. No, no matter what, you're, you're always bouncing around in the subjective world and, and you can't. Is there a, a real answer to this? Do I believe that, that the conscience can be downloaded? If you'd have asked me that 12 months ago, I would have said no. 
now I do fully believe that that is possible without doubt. And I also have, have many thoughts on the nature of the conscious mind anyway and the fact that you know, I'm starting to go come to terms with that maybe we are the artificial intelligence anyway. You get your head around that one. I'll have to chew on that for quite a while. <laughs> it, well, I'm starting to think that organic consciousness or conscience is, is actually what is a hoax. I don't think that organic consciousness can, can probably exist. Um, so is there like a monad of consciousness? Like what, what does that mean? Like a, How do they measure brain activity? Electromagnetic impulses or something? Is it? Is, what do they call it? It's just electrical activity in the brain, isn't it? Electrical activity, okay. It electric, it's, it's electric activity. It's not even, well, ele- electrical. Electric by its very nature creates magnetism, doesn't it? Did Kelly, hi there. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, say, thanks for muting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go, lost the train of thought again. No, so it, if you go back to that matrix call, mate, the old gist of that is that I think uh, electricity and spirit are one and the same, so... And as I said, 12 months ago, there's no way would I, would I have ever accepted that you can download the consciousness. But now I've really arrived at the, arrived at that that is way possible. And that old Elon Musk, whether he be an actor or not, is that technology that they've developed or developing is, is without doubt going to be causing us some problems in the future. Now, are you familiar? I posted on JLB's discord a while back. So I wouldn't expect anybody to see that because it just gets lost. But uh, talked about how there's like a common thread in religion around this concept of creating a, a false reality for the human soul and how like the Satan, the devil or Aruman or whatever entity is for that particular religion. It's sort of that that entity's goal is to enslave the free spirits that God created in, in a false world so that they, they can go ahead and be the God of that world. And it's sort of tied to me. That's the ultimate meta script from how I how I've read it thus far. Does that jive with, with what you're looking at? Or have you thought about any of that? Well, it, it, again, what everything you've just said then just completely plays back into the, the Gnostic beliefs, doesn't it? And I mean, the original ones, not the Christian ones. So it, it's all kind of, it's all kind of a, the same story, gelling back and repeating right. over and over. Absolutely. So, you know, the thing for me is, it, okay, so we don't know if this creator of this world is good, bad, whatever. Can we even understand the concept of what it, what it would be? But if the Gnostic teachings with the is the, the Demiurge, and essentially it is who is essentially Satan anyway, isn't he? The Demiurge himself. And, but he didn't supposedly create the humans. So, yeah, it, yeah, I'm totally on board with what you're saying, mate. It's, it's, but it's all seems to be, it just seems to be repeated in different names, different formats over and over and over and over. And then you find the same kind of threads going through other religious scriptures don't yeah so even even if it's not the main gist it, there's there's undercurrents and whatever of of the same stories over and over and then the symbology that again that plays and across all the all the religious works and it's a never-ending minefield is there an answer to it i, I don't know no no that that was that was a good answer but pretty much you're thinking some of the same directions i am for a lot of these concepts but it's it's really hard to uh to make a lot of sense of it i think 
you know, this uh, civilization podcast that I did and the the thoughts myself and Salzburg Gold have gone through with the, the last couple of episodes of 1984 reflections and then into the civilization podcast, it, you know, there's, there's no doubt after reflecting on all that all that talk and, and whatever that we've did, you know, that this thing with the domestication of man, what I've said and again, what Salzburg Cold has reiterated is, is in pretty much everything we see, everything we see feeds into this domestication concept that's going on. So civilization means the domestication of man, but then we've taken it all tried to take it one step further and you know is mankind being is literally being yeah he's been made into kind of like a pet or is it more like a, closer to a domesticated farm animal rather than a pet when you're looking at them concepts and, and you're looking at that and then you, you're trying to throw in the gnostic kind of beliefs as well and you think well, you know it's like your mind can just it's almost fracturing it's fracturing with with all the all the data sets and information it's ridiculous so you brought up um how it's like domesticating man like a pet it's like dude, i'll go on youtube and just watch like some dog videos like all right guys here's how 10 things you should do to you know raise and take care of your dog a and if it's acting like this on the leash take the leash off if it's exhibiting these kind of behaviors that means it's anxious and should probably stop uh doing what you're doing repeating that behavior and it's yeah it's definitely opened my eyes to my human relations and things like uh, emotionally damaged people like Someone like my brother, for example, it's like I can see patterns in his behavior. It's like, all right, yeah, he had a bad emotional experience with, you know, X and Y person. And and as far as things like building trust, uh, I, I, I met a, you know, I made a new friend, uh, an exchange student at school. And uh, there's a certain time when we hung out, I could definitely see his trust in me and our relationship kind of build. And yeah, I think studying animals and you know, pet behavior is a good window in human behavior because, you know, there's people that, I guess, lemmings that look at, you know, pet behavior and become a bit analytical about it, but they never make that leap into examining human behavior. Do you know what I think is interesting, Estri, is that, so from the first episode of the Civilization podcast, and then JLB did that second episode, and JLB was kind of not on the same line of thinking that us two was on with it because obviously he's, he's a bit more or had been a bit more fluffy with his thinking up to the points of the knowing that the soldiers were turning up in Kuala Lumpur in, tomorrow but where was I going with this it, it, so he he was saying or referred to mankind as being more of a pet and then he, he said that the pet, pets have a good life what's wrong with that pets, pets can have a good life you may be restricting them in some things but you know they're not wild they're domesticated but, but they can pretty much do what they want or they have a great life but then you kicked in that time didn't you and said well how can you really liken the human to a pet it's more likened to a battery hen or closer to a farm animal than a pet because obviously a pet doesn't have to go to work every day to earn non-existent money pay for all his food and everything he needs the pet gets given his food the pet gets given love the pet gets trained, yeah, and made to do things that who knows whether he wants to do them or not. But it seems pretty pleased most of the time. And you certainly give him a little pat and a, and a treat and he's fine with it. But with a human, you're forced. You're, you're more of a, of a battery hen status than a pet. Now, what's interesting to me now in this situation that we've got, if this scenario plays out where the 
the people most you know a big chunk of the people on on the earth today are going to lose their employments they're going to get this universal credit payments they're not going to have to work anymore because the jobs are going to be took took away by this new technocratic or evolving technocratic society then you, you kind of bring in mankind a bit closer more to the domesticated pet and further away from the domesticated farm animal so that, that's kind of a, a bit of an interesting turn up to me now is that is that evolution or is it is that to the good is that the the proof that maybe that that it isn't so bad for us that they're actually that they're actually moving it in the right direction is that the case well i mean you have to take into account um everything that happened between getting from farm animal to pet and ask yourself was, was that all necessary <laughs> ah but is it still the case that did anyone die did anyone get hurt from the coronavirus uh you know worked their asses off probably overworked uh if you want to even say that, but I don't know. We'll we'll see if we have the universal basis. I'm. Are you? How do you know? You know, prices might might inflate more in that that twelve hundred. Uh, you know, it's not enough to just be a pet at home. You know. If you go in my red and black channel, I suppose you can't actually, can you? Because you're on the phone or driving or whatever still. But if you go in my red and black channel, there's a photograph of which I took from the news today when they were actually going on about releasing the universal basic income in one of the stages. So it's, I think it's stage two now was today. Maybe it's stage three or four over the next few weeks was the universal basic income was, was one of the stages which were the UK government to put in place for the measures for, with this coronavirus shit. So there you go. And they've been talking about it for years. Why Why now, though? Why Why now? They could, can they have not done it earlier? Like if money is not uh, it's just something they can just print out, why you got to wait so long? It all ties hand in hand, doesn't it, with taking out the stem and and everything else because obviously you know once they've got full full control of the of the digital money as it were then creating the digital money is way way easier than the economic models and whatever co connected to creating cash i suppose so it's a well it's a different system again is it's going to be a different system this universal the universal basic in income is is has been trialed or try runned in at least two countries that I know of. I think Finland was one, and I think it was Switzerland, I think was the other one. And they both had it for a, a year or so, equivalent of about $2,000, something like that, per head, no matter whether he was in a marriage or what. You all got, every citizen got two grand. So a month, not bad really, is it? <laughs> Sitting on your backside, watching Netflix. Yeah, it's like they're extinguishing like the human spirit throughout all of this. Yep, yep, without doubt. But it's up to every every person to make their own decision. People like us to inform those that have the ears to listen. I guess. Sorry, go ahead, TNG. Well, I was going to say you're going to get this universal basic income, whatever. It's, it's going to come for you guys as well. That doesn't stop as long as we've got freedom of movement back or whatever again. It's, it's not going to stop you personally doing whatever you want, is it? You can still pursue a career and or a making a business or what, whatever you want to do and, and you've, you're still going to have the universal basic income is going to be there anyway. So what I would suspect that would happen, I don't think there'll be much left of pricing or anything after what, after this has all gone through anyway, would it? It's just going to be, everywhere's going to be decimated, as in the, the monetary system. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as long as they're not mandating vaccinations or not um, forcibly detaining people that re- refuse them, as long as we're we're left to um, opt out freely, then um, then I kind of I kind of see that, that angle. As soon as they tighten the screws and begin taking further measures, if if when they do that, I guess it remains to be seen. Exactly, but I personally don't think that it's necessary for them to mandate anywhere. You can already see that, you know, just the measures today that the UK government have made, closing down the bars and the clubs and the the Costa coffees and all these type of meeting places, the swimming pools, the gyms, they've done that. And on the social media straight away, there's, there's people shouting out, well done. Well done, Boris Johnson, for for closing down closing down all these things. You've done the right thing, and you just think, well, you you know, you bunch of muppets. You know, they're 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 begging for it. They'll be begging for the vaccine, begging for it, absolutely begging. And the, you know, the worst is the thing is with these, they're looking out. The people are looking outside the wind, and they're not seeing anything going on out there so you know their answer to when this stuff gets put in place so they're closing down the shops closing down sorry closing down the bars closing down the pubs and the mentality is is great great you've done that maybe maybe people realize how serious the situation is (laughs) no pal look out the window there's not actually anybody dying around the streets there never was and there never will be (laughs) until the army cut starts shooting where that concern comes for me is then the the persecution of all those normies and NPCs, even though the mandate isn't coming per se, in reality... It's the, it's the pressure, isn't it? The pressure from the herd. It's That's always what it has been. And right. The herd polices itself. Because I could see... I could see this turn into just again looking at things from a metascript perspective, looking at the Bible and how it speaks of the elect being persecuted and stuff. Like I always would think, like what what would cause what, whose belief would really cause that level of um, persecution or whatever? This is an example of something, you know, by standing up and saying no, mm-hmm. this is a lie, and I could see the level of persecution directed at that at that at that voice being uh, pretty over the top. Could do, Could you ever ever perceive a time when anybody would literally, you know, be exposing themselves to that much vitriol or hatred or, or whatever, you know, to stand there and say it's a lie? Would, would you would you do that? Would you stay stand up in front of a, a town hall of people when when everything when the shit hits the fan maybe a bit further down the road and stand there and say, look, this is all bullshit? But you know what's coming, don't you? Would you do that? Would any of us do that? I, I know I have a line. I don't know where I draw the. Line. I'd like to think that I would be outspoken, but I haven't done it yet. But I, I would, you know, I would draw that line when it comes to I would not take a vac- vaccine if it was mandated, and, and I would, um, you know, I have certain certain uh, threshold that I won't cross, and that's that would be one of them. But well, this is this is the thing. What I'm trying to imply here is, I, and I'm totally with you with the vaccine. I, as I said earlier, there's no why that I would take take a vaccine. But what I'm trying to imply here is, is that is there anybody, is there any of us here, what is it the one thing that the system doesn't want? And what the system doesn't want is, I'm going to say an Adolf Hitler, and, and probably it's the wrong thing to say, isn't it? But the system doesn't want somebody like that standing up Right. to the system and shouting out, hey, look, and not only somebody who's standing up and shouting it, but somebody who can explain it to the herd in a logical 
manner and and explain look this is what's happening this is what has happened and this is what we need to do what's going to happen to you when you do that i'm pretty sure there's any number of people around this little part of the internet that would be more than capable of, of doing that kind of thing w- without doubt and i mean flipping old jlb himself is you know he's the first one to say he wouldn't want a controller but god's sake he he could he, he you know he he would be the prime candidate for 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 this kind of position wouldn't he as a spokesman <laughs> a spokesman for the truth but you know it's not it's not going to happen is it no none none of us would be really stupid enough to to even want to entertain that idea to be honest i don't, I don't think so it's all right talking about it yeah now but you just know what the response would be from the herd itself and and it's going to be if it's not vitriol it's going to be absolute you know just laughing you down to the end of the earth so what's the answer what is it what is the answer observe seasteading yeah <laughs> <laughs> observe but do not engage did kelly you're joining us how are you doing hey dad kelly G'day. hi doing well thank you thanks for having me hi everybody um yeah just um Yo, yo. Hi, how you going? Southburg girl, good to hear you. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. Yeah.
know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. Did anyone die? Did anyone get hurt from the coronavirus? This is Dante from New York, from being the operative word. Cause who the fuck wants to live in an overpriced apartment, surrounded by normies, curfews in place, in a police state? I'm in a village by the sea, tuning in to TNG.